A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Seger Designs makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sits a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Starting with our COO and our creative director, Richard Fitzwell. Welcome to the Church of the Corn. My name is Richard Fitzwell. You can follow me on Twitter at corn underscore Huskers for nothing insightful, nothing that's probably accurate. Uh, A lot of retweets from a pretty good circle of other Husker fanatics and just bleeding big red. A lot of shit posting there from the Richard Fitzwell account. I am your CFO and your marketing coordinator, Drake. You can follow me at Drake before Degrassi for a lot more shit posting. Also, to my right, the man, the brains behind the operations, your poor man's macho man slash not poor man's Matt Davison, our CEO, the brains behind the operation. And your chief outreach officer, Zach. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Official University of Nebraska Uber driver, also at N-E-B-H-Y-P-E-M-A-N, Nebraska Hype Man. Uh, That's where you can find me at on there for just random shit. So uh, appreciate you guys all joining us, and uh, let's get after it, guys. Guest tonight, uh, former Husker Michael Rose Ivy. Michael, how's it going today? Going pretty good. Just getting done with the seven on seven practice and uh, heading home and 
uh, relax and hang out with the family. So uh, it's going pretty good. Awesome. We love hearing that. And, you know, with, with everything you're doing down there, um, you know, you're at William Christman High School. You're the head football coach down there. Uh, this was your first year down there, correct? Correct, yeah, my first year at William Christman. Awesome. How'd the uh, first year go? I, you know, I, I think some games got canceled. It looked like maybe toward COVID or moved or different things like that. But as a first-year head coach, what are some of the struggles and different things like that that you encountered during your first year down there? Oh, uh, no, this upcoming year will be my first year. Oh, uh, this upcoming year. So I really uh, encountered it first year. Yeah, so I, yeah, I just got hired there. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I would I would assume, you know, just kind of going through uh, stuff, you know, preliminarily right now, um, the biggest, you know, challenge I think is just getting the kids to buy in. Uh, the program hasn't necessarily been, you know, as successful as I, I believe they could be with the resources and the things they have going on in the district and the type of kids they have as far as, you know, just profile and, you know, um, you know where they come from and demographics and like that. Um, you know, I think they have a lot of positives and positive benefits um, as a district. So, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is getting the kids to buy in, uh, getting, you know, the grades situated. You know, it's weird nowadays that, you know, schools allow kids to be able to, you know, basically, you know, have Fs throughout the whole uh, semester um, and then give them two weeks or three weeks at the end of the year basically to turn everything in. So uh, that's one of the things I really want to get away from, you know, as far as our football athletes. Um, you know, if you're part of the football program, you know, we want to maintain a certain GPA level. You know, we have kind of an accountability point system set up that's similar to, you know, how I would think of it as points on a license. Uh, you get a, a ticket, speed ticket. So, you know, basically our speed ticket is essentially, you know, showing up late to class, not showing up to class. And we have different points that go into that into that system, you know, that determines, you know, the type of punishments, um, you know, because one thing, you know, I understand, you know, a lot of these young kids, you know, we, we may think they're kids, but they're very smart and they understand when you're not treating people fairly or, or maybe doing a little bit or a little less for some other guy if he's doing wrong, X, Y, and Z. Um, so I, I really want to create a system that I think would, would be fair, that would be consistent, um, and something that, you know, all our coaches, you know, you know, no bias, and, you know, no bias in it that they can uh, use to help, you know, not on, not just, uh, you know, you know, some people look at discipline as a punishment, but it's not a punishment. You know, we want our guys to understand that discipline is a consequence of, of negative or uh, positive, positive actions or behavior. So um, we want to link that to, to what they think discipline is, not just the, hey, it's a punishment. You know, we're trying to help these kids be better off in the future, you know, when they go on without us. So it's important that they understand that. So I, I think those are the two biggest things, getting the kids to buy in, and the academic part, you know, football-wise, I'm not really worried about that. Um, I'm very confident in my own football ability to coach it and just knowing the football. Um, I think the biggest thing is getting to know these kids and, and making sure they feel like they're, they're something they can – they're of value in the program they can buy into and be a part of. Did, are you able to use your experience and, you know, not knowing exactly who else is on your staff, but are you able to use your experience as a student-athlete talking about what you had to do from high school to college and the opportunities that could have been there or would not have been there if your grades wouldn't have been where they were for you? Is that something you fall back on or do the kids really kind of not want to hear that from you? Um, I think, I think you get a little bit of more credibility when you enter a room and, you know, you played at a, uh, you know, division one school like Nebraska. You know, I, I went to Rockhurst, one of the perennial powerhouses here in Kansas city and played under, 
a Hall of Fame head coach, um, you know, who has, you know, six or seven state championships. Um, so I, I think my football pedigree kind of, carry, you know, it gets me in the room per se with the kids. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. And I always share the story with them. Uh, you know, my junior year at Rockers, um, the GPA requirement to play sports was 2-5. Um, you know, the state's requirement, I believe, was 2-0 or no F or, or not having an F or something like that. But, um, unfortunately, um, I got under 2-5 my junior year, and Rockers suspended me for seven games. Uh, you know, I couldn't, uh, you know, do anything about it. I had to sit out seven games my junior year. Um, you know, I had a lot of recruiting hype going on at the time. Um, some, of, a lot, some of it, if not all of it, died down, and Nebraska was kind of the only consistent team that was, uh, you know, still in contact and things like that. But, um, you know, I always share that with, with young people I'm working with just because, you know, hey, like, you know, I, was the first time I realized the games were going without you, you know what I mean? Just because, you know, I mean, you may be the best player or you got all these stars, X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? They're still going to kick the ball off, you know what I mean, when, when, it, when it's 7 o'clock. Uh, they're not going to wait for you to make sure your grades are right or you're acting the, the way you're supposed to be acting, um, you know, socially, you know, in the classroom, in the hallway, things like that. You know, this, this game doesn't wait for anybody. Um, so I think it's important for our kids to understand that. Um, and and me, for me to utilize my experiences, um, you know, good and bad, to help them, you know, overcome the hurdles that, I, that, that trip me up or um, just keep them on a straight path that they're already on. So um, I, I believe, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be a good – coach, a good mentor, if, if I wasn't sharing my own experiences and using my my experiences and my journey in life to be able to help, uh, you know, our young men be successful on and off the field. That's, that's awesome. I've, I've been in the classroom over 20 years, and you are you are hitting on everything that is important. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, everything else will kind of fall into place. But uh, good, good for you, and, and, and good luck with that. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then, you know, Michael, with, with you being at William Christman, I know that we started seeing a little bit of a fundraiser popping up for the uh, football team, you know, making sure that we can get them everything they need, get them fully equipped. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. What kind of items are you looking for? Is there anything specific you need? Um, is it equipment? Is it uh, donations? What, what, what can we kind of expect with that, or what should we be kind of pushing people to tell to do? Um, the biggest thing is cleats and, and cleats and funds, uh, cleats and donations. Uh, cleats, obviously, um, a lot of our young people, you know, is, and, and, I, and I've been in training and I've been coaching, and you get caught off guard when you get kids that's, that's wearing you know, $250, $300 tennis shoes and, you know, $100 to $50 T-shirts and jeans. But um, they, they, for whatever reason, the priority of the parent, you know, they, the cleats aren't a main thing or, or the equipment they need for football is the main thing. So, um, and sometimes you can get in a, in a judgmental state, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a coach or as a, a mentor. I think, well, you know, we will hope the priorities be a little bit different and that, you know, you know cleats is something you kind of need to play football. And it's just not there sometimes with the parents. And, you know, I always want to make sure that, that not cleats is like the first thing, you know what I mean, these kids will say they don't have would be the reason why they can't play. So cleats is always great. Uh, funds is, is, is even better, honestly, uh, at this point, what we're trying to do. Um, you know, our young men have been in the same uniforms for the past five years, and actually one of our set of uniforms is going to be illegal coming up this year. So, um, you know, our biggest thing is we're trying to get um, a, a new set of uniforms for our young men, um, something that's nice, something that's, you know, a little bit tighter fitting, and, you know, something that they like. You know, I always – I tell people all the time, we're in the kids' business, man, and if 
if we're penny pinching just to save money and not really trying to go out and give our kids the best experiences in the next four years and with football or with any sport, then I think we're failing our kids. I mean, most of our kids, 80 to 90 to 95 percent of our kids are going to be done playing football when they get done with us their senior year. So I'm just really big on making that experience as larger than life as possible. You know, we we talked about a staff. You know, I want to I want to send postcards and recruiting mail and information about our program to our middle school kids and have those kids and parents feel like, hey, like these these guys at the next le- at the next level of high school, they want our kids. They want to develop and, and mentor our young men. You know, they want to build relationships. You know, we're going to do in home visits with middle schoolers in our district and go talk to their parents. You know, we want to make it feel like you know it's college. You know, we'll make them feel like they're they're valued and that, you know, that the community, you know, look to them as, as leaders and mentors and, and also, you know, people that can bring the community of diverse backgrounds together. So um, that's what football has done for me. That's what football has done for the communities I've been a part of and the teams I've been a part of. And I kind of I want to bring that same feeling towards our guys. You know, I want to get, like I said, uh, get some new equipment, you know, some, some, some equipment stuff we could use as far as like some, 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 uh, some blocking shields and, and things like that that we could use. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing right now is, is donation and cleats. You know, I mean, those two things will, would, will really help us out um, and kind of get going in the right direction. And this is not that we're – I mean, we're, we're very much well-funded through our district and stuff like that. Um, but I know a big part of, you know, being a head coach and, and building a program is being able to go out and get funds and, and get the things you need from uh, the community and people that are willing to support you. So um, I definitely want to exhaust that, that option for us as much as we can, and we've got some great donations already. I think we got, I mean, $2,000 from Husker fans that wrote checks in. Um, and then I, I believe uh, just from my tweet now about the cleats last week or so, um, you know, I think we got about, you know, 10 to 15 pairs of cleats already sent in. So um, the more people can do, it helps out. You know, our, my plan is for our boys to write, you know, to write handwritten letters and uh, call and be and be gracious and thankful to those that don't donated any any anything to the program. Uh, something similar we did to, at Nebraska. Um, you know, we kind of had a, a Husker call night where we would call you know boosters, donors, alumni, things like that, and just, just say thank you for you know their support. And I just think that's a a real big thing um, for our young people to understand. You know, being gracious and you know having gratitude towards people that you know are given with you know really without expecting to receive anything uh, besides maybe a thank you. So. Uh, I think those those things those those actions of humility and are great for our young people and they need to be exposed to um, to those type of things. Um, but you know, any and all support is welcome. I mean, if you want to drive down from Omaha, Nebraska, and, and, and come help out a, a practice or do whatever, hey, well, let's get it done. You know, I mean, however you want to be a part of the program and help out, you know, we're more than appreciative. Hey, Michael, uh, you talked about cash donations, checks, whatever, and then the shoes. Uh, do, do you have the information on where, where our listeners can send that stuff to you? Yes. Um, you can send cleats to 1223 North Nolan Road, N-O-L-A-N-D, um, Independence, Missouri, 64050. And I can send that to you guys, too, so you guys can put it in the, uh, the podcast description as well. Um, as far as donations, we have a barcode link that you can just scan and uh, and link to be able to send uh, funds to. Um, also can obviously send in checks. Um, for checks and also for shoes, for cleats, just put attention to A.D. McGee. That's M-C-G-H-E-E. Um, and he'll, 
he'll he'll take care of them and get them in the right right direction, right spot. Um, but yeah, yeah, those those spots are the best best way to go. We will have some other fundraiser stuff where you know you can. We have a, a credit card uh, or a card donation where you know obviously there's some businesses on there, food, restaurants, uh, that typical fundraiser as well. We have a, some other fundraisers too. So um, and then too, I mean, I know you guys are in Nebraska, but. Uh, for people that may locally, they may listen to this. We're looking for opportunities for our young people to go volunteer for donations. So if it's a price shopper or, or a local business that uh, here in Kansas City that you know, needs some support, needs some help, and uh, you know we'll be we'll do that in exchange for some donations or funds or cleats, whatever, whatever we can get, you know we'll take it. Like I said, I want to I want our boys to have the best four year experience here in high school, um, and then hopefully you know they get the opportunity to go play ball. If not, they can take the life lessons they learned here with us, us the last four years and be able to carry that on into their uh, post, post-high post school uh, education and then also into the rest of their lives. So anything and everything is always appreciated. Hey, hey Michael, you, you, you talked about that life skills. How, how involved were you with the University of Nebraska Life Skills Program with, uh, with, with Mr. Keith Zimmer and, and those types of things when you were uh, a student athlete down there? Oh man, I, I love it. I was just up there and I got to talk to Keith and I talked to uh, Stacy Berlin, who's another person that was that's big in the life skill department. Um, it just it really gave me a different perspective. You know, I always was one of the people that you know kind of volunteered for those type of opportunities. Get out in the community, get to talk to some kids. You know, get your face out there, build your brand, um, and then just just kind of let those kids and even the even the teachers see. You know, you're just normal normal person. You know, what I mean, you, you you play football. You know, for a big university and and that has a lot of value but also you know i mean you're 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 trying to you know get your education and you're trying to have a social life and um you know you're just a normal kid you know what i mean and you're going through the, the day in day out type of stuff and just want to show that um you know that, that what you're doing is, is possible for those kids as well so you know that was a big part of my my husband career you know it's something i definitely want to emphasize here at william christmas um is getting our boys out in the community whether it be reading books or you know taking them out you know during recess with the with the middle school or the the, uh, the elementary students in the, in the district and getting them around them and uh, just exposing them to that experience. You know, I think, again, it's just another action of humility, uh, taking your time out to go be be with someone else and then kind of put a smile on their face or brighten their day or, or just be just be there for somebody, you know. And I think that, that always grounds us, it humbles us, it brings us back down to earth. And, um, you know, I think our young people could definitely use it. Our, our coaching staff could use it. So, you know, we're all going to be heavily involved in the independent community and be faces that, you know, people recognize and, and notice and, and see doing good things. Hey, Michael, you said something that uh, made me think of the changing college athletics landscape. You said the, the life skills program helps build your brand. What would Michael Rose Ivy's brand look like today in the, in the NLI world? NIL world, I'm sorry. Man, I'm I'll be a lot richer, man. I know that for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I'll, be, I'll be a lot richer. I mean, it would be. I, I think it'll be the same. I think um, you know, I, I was pretty active on Twitter. Um, you know, I had a, a decent following, I would say. Um, you know, with people, and I think people respected my opinion and respected how I carried myself. So I think the opportunities definitely would have been there for me to be able to do some NLI stuff. Um, you know, I'm. So get, get a couple of my teammates together and see if we can get some some back at an NLI money. Get some back <laughs> pay, get an for sure. value. <laughs> get some back pay. See if we get to get some back pay for the NLI and see if we can get a, you know, I can yeah, just ten ten twenty thousand dollars, man. That changed my life right now. So, <laughs> uh, you, you're not lying. For the, for the people 
coming up. Yeah, look, yeah, everyone. But I'm excited for the, the people coming up and, and being able to have that aspect. I mean, like I said, um, you know, for me, like I, I didn't I didn't get the opportunity to play in the NFL unfortunately. And um, you know, I just I just feel like it's 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 weird that football or athletics in general is the only you know, entity in which you put a, a cap on people to be able to earn money. There's a 12-year-old right now that's making a million dollars on YouTube, right? And no one's capping that or saying that, hey, you need to go through X, Y, Z process to do this to get your money. No, it's it's just like any open market here in America. And um, I always found that weird that, you know, athletics was, you know, always controlled in that manner. Um, but it's good to see that things are opening up. Um, you know, I, I think these kids are bringing a lot of value to these, to these universities. You're seeing that with, you know, everything else was canceled but but football and basketball during COVID. So you tell me what's what's more value what's most valuable on a campus. Um I think in the in the movie the program, you know, when the, the kid was going through I think the suspension or whatever and the coach was like, Well when's the last time you see ninety thousand people show up for a math exam? And I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, you can talk about priorities being wrong and this this should be this should be this, this should be that and we should put more priority in this but this is what we're this is what we're living in, and this is what people decide they want to do on a Saturday for 14 weeks out of the seat out of the year. So, I mean, obviously, there's some value these kids are bringing. Now, is it, is, is it collective or is it individual? That's a whole different, different argument. Um, but I, I just think it's important that these these kids do get compensated. They do get, you know, some of what they what they deserve because there's a lot of lot of work that you put in. It's a job. I mean, you're you're doing what a normal student does times three athletically. You know, what I mean, you could talk about another kid working a normal job, but I mean. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough environment. It's not for the faint of heart, and it's not it's not easy. It's a challenge. So, like I said, I'm glad that these young men are being able to, you know, get compensated a little bit. At the very least, like I said, it may be kids that may be highly popular on campus, but, you know, they're not going to make it to the NFL. But, hey, if I can come out of college with no debt and about, you know, 20 to 25K of money I've saved up from NLIs, I can go start and do a, a business or get into something I really want to do. And I think that's the most important part is, is, you know, you sacrifice the four or five years. You know, I tore my ACL in Nebraska. I tore my groin off my pelvic bone in Nebraska. Um, other nicks and injuries, other mental stuff going through there. So I think at the very least having these kids be set up when they leave the university and be able to go forth into the world and be able to do what they want to do outside of football, I think that's that's very important. So I'm glad to see that, that that's going in that direction. In, in your role now as a, as a high school football coach, and with NIL, you do you foresee that this could have a positive uh, impact, almost like trickle down effect? I guess I kind of look at it where if, there, if a kid is putting himself out on Twitter, a junior, senior in high school, but on the other side of it, and it's in a negative light, or they're making those choices, they're putting all that out there. That has the that has the potential to impact their earning potential uh, because of NIL. Do you think that's something sure. that these kids are going to start to think about? And do you? That is a positive? Yeah, for sure. I, I think anything that's going to make you – money's always going to make you tighten up, right? It's always going to make you straighten yourself up, fix your collar. You know what I mean? When you enter those certain rooms or you enter those certain tape, certain negotiations or talks um, and sit down at those specific tables that, you know, when we're talking, you know, not, not, not per diem or scholarship money, we're talking, you know, like I said, you know, life-altering type of money, and life-altering money doesn't always have to be a million dollars. You know what I mean? For a lot of these young people, you know, if you would have told me, I mean, I, 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 I sent back my first FAFSA check just back to, back home. You know what I mean? Uh, sent both my FAFSA checks back home my first year. 
for my family. So, like, uh, you know, to have those type of, you know, opportunities where it's not taken out of something that you need, you know what I mean, and you can actually give something, give out of something that, you know, you, you've earned and, and you, you, you've been able to be successful in and do and represent yourself properly, you know, I think that's always going to make people, you know, act differently. Now, obviously, you know I mean, you, you can't – you can you can try to act differently, but if it's not who you are, it'll always get exposed. You know what I mean? Whether you know, I mean, you start doing well on the field, you start getting this attention in NLI, and then all of a sudden you drop out of nowhere. Um, you're not going to class. You're not doing things you're supposed to do. You're not you're not being the guy who got you there. So, um, you know, I I think it's it's going to help a lot of guys at an earlier age understand their brand. But I think we've been moving towards this way with brand. Well, I mean, we would I would have been been going to camps. You know, when I was younger, and people were talking about brands and brands and brands and you know, we've been talking about that for quite a while. I think now it's just uh, we're getting to the point where, okay, you built your brand, and, and how do you how do you monetize it, or how do you get how do you get how do you how do you get other thing other other items or other companies or whatever the case may be that that the public sees value in. How do you, you get them to see value in you, and you can help market their 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 uh, product? So, I think that's good. I honestly think high school guys will, will end up being able to use NIL in about three or four years. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, be at the local high V, local price chopper, and you can do an autograph signing, you know what I mean? If you got a, you're a four or five star guy and, you know, people think if, you know, imagine if a Kyler Murray who, you know, is a two, two sport phenom at, in Texas, you know what I mean? Who's won all state or state in football, state in baseball, you know, all four years pretty much, you know, uh, imagine what, what he could have pulled in just in his small town, just the people that wanted to support him. Um, and I, I just, I just think too, we got, I mean, I know people are kind of getting this mindset changed, but look at it a different way instead of, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to explain the players or you're losing the value of college sports. Um, you know, we all love the, the story of Eric Dickerson getting a gold and trans Am from Texas A&M back in the eighties, but all of a sudden college football <laughs> is bad because we have an NLI deal. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, we got to lose the hypocrisy in, in that thought process and thinking that this thing is all is, was made you know, made to be, uh, you know, about, you know, college athletics. I mean, this is about money. I mean, let's just understand that the, the NCAA adopted the term student-athlete after student, after athlete broke his neck on the feet on the football field and was trying to get compensation for it, and the NCAA came up with the term student-athlete basically saying that he's a student, he's student first, and that uh, they would they shouldn't be held responsible for for him as a student participating in an intercollegiate sport. I mean that, this is what we got to realize that the business we're we're we're, we're talking about. So um, to to feel like some people think you know there's you know this being taken away the pageantry or the meaning or whatever you know it, it's all BS in my eyes. You know I mean it's all about money. It's always been about money, um, and it's about time that the pot gets split up. You know as, as it should be. I mean you got chancellors and presidents making million dollars. Uh, millions and millions of dollars off the backbone of, of athletes and what they're putting in and even coaches making money off the what athletes are doing and building in um, that they have no control of. I mean, you got coaches getting $500,000 bonuses just for academics. You know what I mean, how much involved are they with academics outside of sending the email telling the player they better get, get their homework done? You know what I mean? That, that money could be going to other places. So um, there's definitely enough money, enough pie to split around. People just have to let go of their 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 section of it and be willing to distribute it a little bit more and and i'm really glad that you described college football right now as a business because let's be honest let's not be naive and think that there's not billions of dollars being thrown around and like you said it, it just came up that it, it's a problem now when athletes are trying to get paid i believe every athlete that puts their body out there should be paid some sort of compensation and um you know you can say that's room board all right. that nonsense well 
this, you know, the, the billions of dollars that are being spent by fans and different things like that, the, the, the people putting their, their bodies on the line week after week after week, you got to cut them a piece of the puzzle. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that it's finally happening. Um, to be able to compensate those athletes accordingly. Now, some deals are kind of crazy out there for kids that have never done right. a snap before, but who am I to judge the marketplace? You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's crazy to see, but, you know, kind of yeah. going. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you, yeah. If you get a guy like the, not my fault, sorry, but if you get a guy like the Quinn Ewers guy who's already transferred twice. Yep, that's who um, I was bringing up, too. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think, honestly, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, you know, I mean that that's just that's that's what that's that's capitalism. I mean that's the that's what we have we have all bought into that at any other point. You know, I'm I spent two hours, three hours on the phone with Verizon the other day talking about, you know, a quote unquote a thousand dollar iPhone. How much they really make how much an iPhone really costs to make. You know what I mean? So I mean it's it's we're 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 into spending money, exuberant amount of money on things that we feel like have value or potential value, whether it be a phone that we think brings us, you know, hey, I have blue text message instead of green text message. That that puts me in a different echelon, you know what I mean, or a different different space than someone else. Um, so I, I just think it's just a carryover from the society we already live in. Like, you know what I mean? We we throw our, our, our money at uh, Jordan's. You know, Jordan's cost literally, I think, like 25 to $50 to make. You know what I mean? We got people paying 500 to, to God knows what prices for those things. You know what I mean? I just think it, it's just a part of the system we're in. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is it advantageous for the for the athletes? Absolutely not. Um, but I think I think as far as athletes, you know, it, it, again, these are kids you're talking about. So there's, there's some adult in the room that's signed that's sending this paper over for this kid to sign. So I mean, um, you know, we we can talk about you know those guys, you know, giving people opportunity. But in the day, it's about money. If they, if I'm giving you if I'm giving you a million dollar contract, I'm probably expecting two, three, you know, four times that. You know what I mean? This, it's an investment. So if I'm giving you a million, you're probably really worth five. You know what I mean? If I'm giving you, you know, 500000 you're probably really worth a million. All right? So it, everyone's trying to make find a way to make money out of it. You know, I'll never knock the kids because we're in a, a, a kid's business, but it's ran by adults. You know what I mean? So it's always always looking at what's how the adults are carrying themselves, and the kids are always follow up through the process. So. You know, I can't knock a kid. Shoot, man, you you get a million dollars every time you transfer from a different school. Hey, hey, go that, uh, by all means, do what you got. Do what you got to do. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, like uh, you said, you know I mean? it's, it's, it's capitalism. It's, it's, it's not. It's like yeah, for sure. And we can't and we can't hide it behind it. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, we can't we 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 can't be so like you started said earlier. We can't be naive to it. I mean, it, it's a business. It is what it is. I think once we can get away from all the, the bull crap and all the kind of the, 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 the facade and the kind of the, the streamers and the pageantry of college football, marching bands, you know, ton of walks, once we can get past all the pageantry and all the feelings and emotions in it, let's talk black and white. It's about dollars and cents. You know what I mean? We saw all these programs that got cut during COVID. It's about dollars and cents. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we saw all the programs that were postponed, the sports that were postponed, you know, which ones weren't and which weren't. It's about dollars and cents. Who's going to bring in the most money? Football, or basketball, more times than not. And you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, that's 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 where our priorities are in society. If we want to see things change, we have to change. So, uh, I think just trying to throw throw laws or, or system out there and just try to you know rework things just sounds good. But people people work the system, and people have to change their mindset and how they approach things in order for you know the grand scheme to change. So, you know, if we if we want to see different different different, we have to act different. Speaking of uh, kind of segue, I guess into a little Husker football with with kind of seeing changes happen. Um, any any thoughts, uh, opinions on the the 
changes with the staff down in Lincoln. Uh, that that's kind of we've seen that overhaul over the winter here and going into spring football. Any have you had any uh, contact with any of those? Co- do you know any of those coaches? Any anything like that? No, I haven't really had any contact with any coaches. Um, you know, I, I've, I've never really had any contact with any coaches under uh, Coach Frost's staff. Uh, definitely have tried to reach out and, and get some of my guys some looks, uh, but wasn't really able to reach anyone. Um, you know, I think the I think the changes are much needed. Um, you know, from from what I from what I know as far as talking to not players but just people in the support staff that I've known there within academics and admin. You know, a lot of the problems that they feel like has been um, kind of a lack of accountability, um, you know, and then also just a lack of being able to communicate to, to certain guys, you know, coming from maybe different areas outside the Midwest. Um, you know, so hopefully with a new coaching staff, with new guys coming in, you get more accountability. You get more in line, uh, kind of one voice, you know, one mission type of thing, um, and everyone's kind of on the same page. And then it's the accountability part. You know, the biggest thing with, you know, talking to people that have been there with Bo, been there with Riley, been there with Coach Frost, is, you know, a lot of accountability with Bo. I mean, Bo was very, very – he'll be very accountable. Coach Riley, um, I'll say he'll people accountable, but it just didn't feel like the – the the it wasn't the same energy as Bo. You know, there was a little bit of leniency, but I, I felt like there was, there was a, a good structure there with Riley. And just from what I hear with Frost, you know, there's some some things can be better with accountability. So I think honestly, and I've been saying it, man, if they can clean, if they can figure out the off off the field stuff, um, I think everything else will, will will come into play. They have good players, they have good athletes, they have good coaches. Um, you know, I mean, I I just think you you can always tell when you know when you're losing close games or you're losing big leads. It's usually not something that's X and O's. It's usually not. If, I mean, it could be XLs, but it's not mainly XLs. But it's it usually not, you know, the type of players you recruit better. It's usually the it's the Monday through it's the you know Sunday through through, through Friday. You know what I mean? It's, it's are the kids doing the class? You know what I mean? Are the coaches holding them accountable as far for meeting times and holding them accountable to to post practice work and things like that? You know, that's the small stuff that's going to lead to the to, to the wins on Saturday. And you know, you can just tell from you know, I got I haven't been up to Nebraska probably two weeks ago when I went to speak. Um, for the sports media, uh, the sports uh, journalism uh, program up there. First time I've been on the campus probably in like four years, I would say. You know what I mean? So I, I really haven't haven't been up there and been around it, but just like I said, just speaking to people I did last time I was up there a couple of weeks ago, uh, that was the biggest thing was accountability and just being able to relate to players. And, you know, I, I think that's always going to be a, a, a tough one, you know, especially when you're bringing kids from Texas, Florida, California, you know, kind of outside the Midwest and bring them to Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, for some of those kids, it can feel like they're they're isolated and they're not they're not understood. You know, what I mean, because um, unfortunately, you know, in the Midwest, it's kind of this conform or 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 get out kind of mentality. It's not really a lot of room for diverse opinions or beliefs or uh, you know, being from you know different backgrounds, things like that. Sometimes you can feel like you're isolated or you're you're kind of shunned out a little bit because you don't necessarily conform or fit in. So. Um, I think that's always going to be a problem Nebraska's going to have, just because um, you know the, 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 the just just to how this generation of kids are, and how you know we're moving into a new age in society, and how we communicate, and and how kids communicate things like that. So um, they can fix those two things. I mean, like I said, the roster is great. I mean, you got some good players, you got good, good guys coming back, got in the transfer portal, obviously. 
Um, you know, I think Mickey Joseph, I mean, his name was buzzing around the, around the stadium and around the facilities. You know, he's definitely coming and already put his imprint on the program. And hopefully, you know, things get better for him and, you know, they can, uh, you know, have a, have a season that, that shows that, you know, they're progressing. Michael, any, uh, any ambitions on coaching beyond the high school levels for you? Planning on moving up the ranks if you can, or do you, do you kind of love where you're at? I love where I'm at right now. Um, I definitely had some opportunities. Uh, had an opportunity to go GA to Iowa, GA to Fresno State, um, and a couple other schools. Um, but just, just with my family situation, just had a newborn uh, in December, and we just bought a house. And uh, I'll probably be rooting here in Kansas City for a while, but uh, it's definitely something that um, I would like to do. I know one of the biggest things that, that kind of keep me away from it is just the inconsistency of, uh, you know, job security and, and things like that. But obviously you get in the right place, you know, you do a good job, you, you get in the right right situation. You know, I mean things can kinda uh, you know, really go go up for you in a sense, uh, you know, go in a positive positive direction for you. Um so, you know, it's definitely an option later on, but you know, I I definitely wanna, you know, exhaust all all possibilities here being a head coach here at Christman and, and, and staying here in Kansas City and continue to mentor um the youth of my of, of my hometown. So um, you know, definitely an option, but something I'm not I'm not rushing into at any point soon. Well, no, that's perfect. That sounds like you've got a pretty great um, opportunity ahead of you down there. Um, you know, with where you're at, especially, it's a pretty talent rich rich area. You being from the Kansas City region too, which which helps. Um, and then you know, playing at Nebraska and everything like that, you've got a certain cachet that not a lot of other coaches have. So. Um, Honestly, I think you'll you'll do great right. down there. You're you're a pretty disciplined fella, and it seems like that's what you're going to be instilling in your kids. Which, as you being a football player for multiple years, you know how important discipline is for a, a new team, just any team at all. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a that's one of the biggest things uh, we've been talking to our guys. Discipline over motivation. You know, for us, self discipline or discipline is defined as you know doing the right thing. You know, when you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to do it, and doing it that way every time. And, you know, we want to simplify that for our kids and, and not say discipline is this in this situation or this or this. You know, it's just that simple. You know, do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to do it every time you do it. Um, and then when we talk about self-discipline for our young our young men, right, um, a lot of times they find themselves in these two situations. Either there's something they're supposed to be doing that they don't want to do, right, can they make themselves do it, right, or is there something they know they're not supposed to be doing, right, can they keep themselves away from it? And those are two 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 forms of self-discipline. We we talk to our guys over and over about um, and making the right decisions. You know, we, we tell them all the time that you know di- you know your decisions, habits, and, and the way you think and carry yourself, right? Those are all uh, uh, um, uh, they, those are all things, right? That, um, that, that that accumulate to your character, right? And, and we want kids with high character. And that's not saying that we're getting kids that come in with high character freshman year, right? We we we're we're not we're not ashamed or or not um, hesitant about developing high developing kids into high character character athletes character people uh, high character students. So um, you know that's something as a, as a coach you know I'm going to put on my coaching staff is that hey we we're teachers we're educators you know, let's educate about football of course but let's also make sure we educate about life and make sure that our young people are successful you know when they leave. Christmas and they go off into the community and they work or they go off to college and they go off to other communities and they become part of those communities. Uh, we want to create and instill, you know, life lessons and, and attributes and characteristics that are going to have everlasting uh, positive, have an everlasting positive impact on our young people. 
Well, I will say this. William Christman High School is lucky to have you as a uh, varsity football coach um, for the character that you've got and what you're instilling in your players. Um, you know, we're going to be doing our best and seeing what we can do to help with their fundraiser, just pushing the link out, pushing all the information out, um, just so that we can get as much publicity awesome. and everything that we can towards you guys. Um, but, Michael, we wanted to thank you guys uh or thank you for coming on with us tonight and spending time um, from Fitz, Drake, and myself. Uh, we want to thank you for spending time with us tonight. No problem. I appreciate it. Anytime you guys uh, you guys need somebody or, or want to get on, just let me know. Um, I'll be willing to do something during the season. Maybe if I get up to the to a game or something, we can do a live episode before the game or something. I don't know. Hey. Uh, but yeah, just, just let me know what you guys need. I appreciate you guys. I'll send I'll send that link to you guys as well, and then. Um, uh, also, I'll send you guys the address as well, too, so everyone has that if they want to send in some cleats or, or, or whatever, whatever they want to send in. No, that's perfect, Michael. Yes, yeah, send that information over to us. We'll get everything taken care of from there, and we'd love to definitely have you back on. So we'll touch base a little bit down the line, and uh, we'll get you back when the time that works for you, man. All right. Appreciate you guys. You have, have a good rest of your Sunday, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Michael. Go Big Rig. Yep, go Big Rig. Take care. Here with MRI. Um, let's get into some spring ball, uh, thoughts on what you expect to hear coming tomorrow. We're obviously recording on Sunday night. Yep. Uh, recording on Sunday night. So, um, honestly, you know, w- with it kicking off, we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up. It, it literally feels like the entire team has been flipped. Um, especially at a lot of important positions, uh, coaches obviously a brand new staff there it's going to be interesting to see what comes out or you know who leaks what and in in what position groups because there, there's a, going to be a lot going on yeah so obviously we know um our first player interview chance of brewington's not going to be involved in the spring tough break for him it doesn't sound i could be wrong doesn't sound like casey thompson's going to be a hundred percent for the spring am i accurate there that's what it seems like we're hearing it it's you you get kind of conflicting stuff but from what i've heard yeah it doesn't seem like he's going to be batting a hundred percent when he's starting off so it's kind of that kind of sucks to hear you know you got your brand new prize quarterback or or one of them and he's not a hundred percent when you're starting spring i think that's the that might be the theme that kind of threads everything together this spring because You've got you've got Corcoran out. You've got um, uh, Prohaska out. Uh, you've got Thompson, who's not 100. percent You've got Brewington out. You've got Vocalect out. You know you could go down the list, and that's just on the offensive side. And the way to spin that though is you've got some too deep. You've got some incoming redshirt. You've got redshirt freshmen. You've got maybe some true freshmen. They're going to get every chance in the world to show what they can do. Um, and you know, everyone's starting at the same place in, you know, as far as understanding the system and finding your way and your spot in that system. And that's what I, that's what I'm going to look forward to watch because, you know, you got all those, you got some backups, you got some guys that, you know, you also look at some juniors and seniors that are, it's, it's now or never. Uh, so, you know, you look at the injuries aren't going to help, but at the same time, you've got some guys that might be able to find their way and step up a little bit. That'll be, that'll be kind of cool. I really yeah, think you're going to see that on the uh, offensive line too. Yeah. That, Jack? Oh no, I was just going to say that's where I really see it taking place is on the offensive line with with 
two of your starters or potential starters being out, the transfers and guys that you've got coming in, I think it will it's going to be a battleground for just anybody and everybody that can come in with an attitude, be technically sound. I feel like anybody can steal a job this year. Yeah, I think the the thing that I we as we as a fan base, right? I'm throwing the whole fan base into this. We can't get caught up in the position battles of the spring because of how many key guys are out early. We have to understand that those battles are going to be won in the fall. Now there are some guys like you mentioned on the offensive line, that second string, I mean, we're all in agreement, right? That Casey Thompson's the starter at quarterback, right? Does anybody think somebody else is winning that? Well, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it yet. I mean, I, I've had my, my, uh, I've, I've been on Smothers' side for a while now. I think Smothers, depending on what they do with that offense, Whipple's been known to blend to what he's got on roster. I believe Thompson was brought here to be the starter. I don't think uh, Smothers will make it easy on him to steal that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so either. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm calling Thompson the starter. I think that Purdy Smothers battle throughout the spring and in the fall for second string is going to be key. Um, I think Purdy and Smothers are very similar in the type of player they are. Smothers more run first but can, can throw on the move. Purdy – kind of a move the pocket throw on the move guy but both really have the ability to run where thompson does have the ability to run but 90 percent pass first so i think that second string battle is going to be very interesting if one of those guys ends up winning the job outright awesome not awesome because i i'm anti casey thompson awesome because it means we're actually having battles right uh i come from the camp for so long i feel like it hasn't been the best guy every time out there at, at, at a single position. I don't think that we've always been playing our best guys. It's, you know, who knows the playbook better, this and that. Uh, I hope to see out of the spring, you see guys like Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple finding ways to get the best guys on the field all the time. Yeah, I think there's 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 going to be a lot, uh, a lot going on there. And like you said, you got guys like Mickey Joseph that – are going to bring, I think, a different level of intensity to this spring. If 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 you can make a spring intense, I definitely think they're going to be doing it coming from winning programs, big time programs. And you know, I think they're going to bring a different. I hate using the word, but a different swagger to Nebraska practices and how Nebraska is going to conduct itself. I mean, going back to Brewington, that's virtually what he said. They've got a different attitude now in those rooms. Well, and even even with with uh, Michael earlier, he talked about just a little bit of that accountability, and that's on the practice field as well. And if things are amped up, and he, and and he mentioned it too, the new guys bringing in a sense of urgency, those new coaches bringing in a little bit of a different mindset and an attitude. And now you've got you know Whipple, how successful they were. What did they do at Pitt that was good at practice? What did Joseph do? at LSU that was good at practice. What did Rayola do, you know, at his time at, at, at GA at Notre Dame, uh, part of the Wisconsin staff for a bit, you know, playing up there or playing up there, sorry, and then with the Bears. So you've now got ideas, and as long as there's the willingness to to share those, to put them into practice and not just, you know, unfortunately I think, you know, you had quite a few yes men down there for a few years, um, 
that could be that could be just enough. That's just another little push that we're close. We all know that, you know, but could that be the 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 push to get us where we need to be heading into the fall? How much scheme, how much of this new offensive scheme do you expect to see at the spring game? Every single play that they will run in the fall, we will see in the spring. Oh, um, probably nothing. Van- yeah. It'll, it'll, v- vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, I expect to see a lot. And part of that is I feel like we've seen vanilla in the spring game for the last few years because every spring game is televised now. How about how about this though? Did you catch that little nugget that Trev threw out there that he's working on uh, at the spring game, trying to get Frost and Zach Taylor mic'd up so they can talk about the the offense, talk about plays as as they're happening for BTN on TV. So that might that could be kind of you got to find this entertainment factor. You got to find something to to uh, to keep the fans interested when the game gets a little bit kind of basic so that'll be interesting might be the first spring game i've ever watched oh, you're missing out it's it's in no it's not intense i'm just lying I'm, i mean I it's even, intense being down it. there when you get a rush of crowd a rush of people at you that's kind of cool but the spring game is what it is it's as vanilla as it's going to get um you're going to run you know half back dive right half back dive left maybe take a intermediate pass but I, I would say maybe under five percent of what we'll see in the fall we'll see on Saturday or on during the spring game. Have I ever told you guys my ideal spring game? No. What you got? Here is my ideal spring game. What I think it cut out. What's that, Zach? We don't have Drake anymore. Is it no? <laughs> go ahead. We go offense versus defense. And defense actually scores points like per stop instead of red versus white. Wouldn't be a bad so way to do it. You spill. You build out a scoring system. Every series, you can score seven points. Is it like what's, what's the Go golf? Ahead. What's the golf game where the point systems? Is it steeple? Is it that steeplechase or whatever that golf system is where it's a little bit different scoring? That that kind of sounds sounds unique. I like it. Yeah, it's similar. So like, obviously the offense can kick a field goal, they get three points. But if the defense gets a stop, they get seven. I think there's something like that on Madden, honestly, or used to be on Madden. What if everything was based on a seven point thing? And like, so if they only kick a field goal, they get three offense gets three points, but the defense takes defense takes the four points. I like that too. I do. And you do X amount of possessions instead of time. That makes it, at least it makes it a competition as opposed to kind of what we're getting. I mean, most of us know going into it, we're getting a, a fifty percent scrimmage, maybe. Yeah. What was the What was the staff that did between quarters? They had almost they ran. Uh, you can't call it Oklahoma drill anymore, but they ran the one on ones and little uh, battles and stuff like. You guys remember that? Mm-mm. Between but what I'm talking about, I feel like I've seen an SEC school do it. Maybe Arkansas a few years ago or something. The point system you're talking about? or Yeah, it's yeah. very similar to what I'm talking about. Not the exact same thing. But I've seen college basketball teams do it at, you know, Kansas is famous for Midnight Madness. Whatever other college basketball programs do, they do similar things to that where they do, you know, down 10 with two minutes, whites versus blue or whatever it is. How about just throwing a completely different wrinkle in it, and it couldn't be this year, next year? Cause, and we know – I mean, I, I believe we know, Zach, can, you can look at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure that Trev listens to this podcast. But next year, having the spring game at night, 
I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you generate, you generate more time for businesses. You've got different things you could, I mean, you could, they've done some, some, some crazy things anyway, but you could tie in, you know, a concert after it, you know, whatever you want to do, but it's just, you know, it's something. And when you, we talked about the basketball, the midnight madness, when they, all these teams, you know, and how many hours were they doing things for ESPN with basketball and, 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 and stuff. So that'd be, I don't know. It's just, you, you come up with ideas because we want to see it. We're not going to see much. We're going to get what's reported. We're going to see pictures. We're going to all get um, geeked up for the, you know, the different videos and stuff, rightfully so. But, you know, how much how much do we actually get out of it until we see the spring game? And then it's, you know, like you said, 50%. So The one problem, I think, with the night game fits is I've heard, now I cannot verify any of it, but I've heard part of that problem is strictly the Big Ten Network. Well, for the longest time, Big Ten wouldn't allow night games. I believe it was like November or something like that. On it wouldn't. They just don't do night games now. That now they are, but previously they they didn't. I remember. I think it was like a Michigan game was a huge one because it was like the first night game in Michigan history or something like that. Well, there was there was a day. Wasn't that because they didn't have lights? I don't remember honestly, but I I know the Big Ten for the longest time just because it got dark so early that they didn't do night games. I thought. Well, and they BTN might run now. It's this is the Huskers spring game is different because they're putting the, the field, they're fixing the or replacing the turf as soon as this is done, and they want to have that ready to go. So that's why that spring game's on the ninth. But even a couple of years ago, it was you know one game, one spring game was at a, a eleven, and one was at one, and one it was almost like the football season, but they were just boom, 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 and that's you know controlled, and so there's you know, the media rights and, and the money and everything like there. But, you know, I, I would vent, I would imagine that if 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 uh, Alberts went and said, hey, here's what we want to do, BTN, you guys on board, I'm, I'm guessing they'd probably they'd probably accommodate. Can you imagine what kind of video Priscilla Joseph and her film crew would get at a night spring game? People tailgating all day. <laughs> which 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 reminds us we need to make we need to kind of follow up with that um and and make sure find out and not make sure but find out kind of where that is in the process and if that's something she's still wanting to do because we know her radio show is blowing up she's got an event um at a restaurant i know zach you you uh sent it back out today and we'll we'll keep talking about it and throw it out on twitter but uh that's uh that that would be that would be enjoyable to watch maybe cringeworthy at some points but uh pretty enjoyable oh yeah oh yeah it'll be a shit show yeah yeah let's get this wrapped up uh i got the nebraska basketball game on and as i sit here in my office surprisingly they're up 13 uh position group uh battles that you're most intrigued by this spring fitz go first position group battles um Honestly, the DBs, the secondary, um, there's there's enough new bodies there. We've got, you know, we've talked about this before. We've got we got Hill, we got Omar um, Brown, um, plus the guys in the return in the room. You've got Noah Lapola Gates. All these all these guys, a couple couple freshmen that are highly regarded, and I think that's going to be because we know, you know, he's going to get he's going to get the best out of them. But that battle, you know, just starting in spring camp, getting getting used to everything. And then, but just going into fall camp, that's, that's going to be something I'm going to watch a lot. And we've, we've seen improvements every year. Those guys have gotten better. 
the team's better because of it on the defensive side. So that's that's where I'm going to hang my hat this time. Zach, what do you got? Uh, you know, you could say quarterback. We're all interested in the quarterback. You could say O-line because we're all interested there. Um, I could say special teams too. I'm going to go with uh, running backs and wide receivers uh, just because of the depth of those rooms and the guys that they've got coming in and already on roster. I mean, that running back room was deep before any any of these new guys came on. Um, it's it's ridiculously deep now. And the same thing with the wide receiver room. Um, guys that are currently on the roster and guys that are coming in. Um, the one I do think will make a big impact as a transfer is going to be Trey Palmer offensively and special teams wise um just picking him out because i think he's going to do some damn good things i think joseph is going to get that room um completely maximized whatever production they're going to get um it's going to be tops under joseph i think he's going to come in and uh well well um earn his paycheck he's gonna he's gonna yeah it's gonna be pretty good this year yeah for sure so uh, Zach took two position groups. Thanks, Zach. You're welcome. Um, that, means you get you, to take, that means you get to take three. I took one. He took two. You take three. And you both you both took out of the three groups that I would say I was most interested in. But um, I'm going to throw a new one at you. It, I position group specifically is the outside linebacker slash DN position. Um, you know, it looks like we're still recruiting some transfers there and. You know, we lost Phil Darius Payne for the second time this offseason. So I'm really intrigued at what we're going to do there. Obviously, too, we've talked about who's going to fill in the JoJo Doman role. Is that going to be pieced together by multiple people, depending on situation? Or do we have somebody that can just hop in there and take that over? Um, that That's what I'm really curious about. And then, like Zach said, obviously, everybody's curious about quarterback. We're all super curious about who's going to be returning the ball, who's going to be kicking the ball. Uh, and then, you know, those running backs and wide receiver rooms and DBs, I would argue that going into the spring, those were the three deepest positions before we added the transfers and the new recruits. So those battles are obviously intriguing to see who loses the job, who gains the job. But, um, you know, we have a lot of work to do at that rush end spot. So I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen there. Hopefully we get, get a couple more transfers and figure out what we're going to do. I do want to say on record, I'm pretty sure we're going to get, I think his name is Ochun Mathis from uh, TCU. I just want to be on record and say that I think we're going to get him this week or next week. I thought you were going to go on record. You know, I have the receipts. I thought we were going to go on record about how you did not going into the season, did not think Jojo Doman was a good linebacker. Oh, we're going to do this. Okay, well, I thought we were going to wait on this. And, you know, I think <laughs> well, we're running out of time here. <laughs> I, th- I think we just think we just hit our data cap for the for the episode here, boys. Um, and, I, no, I will not admit I was wrong on that. You will admit or you won't? I will not. I mean, if we get JoJo Doman on here, then, yes, I will gladly admit I'm wrong. But uh, that's the only time I'm going to get my bluff called, so. That's that's the gauntlet I will throw down. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, you know, Zach, when we talked about it, I your logic was sound. You, there, you know, when you look at players and what they do on the field, sometimes logic doesn't make sense. You know, 
the logic doesn't tie in. Sometimes guys over overperform expectations, overperform natural abilities, and I think JoJo's one of those guys. Oh, I'd agree. I mean, 100%. He's a guy that absolutely maximized his, his last year down here um, to where he's going to be drafted now. Um, he put on the yeah. weight. He's always been a really athletic guy. Um, you know, for me, I'm a guy, if you got a scheme, I like playing inside the scheme because then everybody kind of knows where everything is. I'll say this about JoJo. He's a little bit more of a freelancer. The dude makes plays. So I guess, you know, Depending what you're looking for in a linebacker or you know a big bigger safety, I think you can fill both spots. In all honesty, yeah. Well, I would say he was very similar to you know Nate Gary, who got converted to linebacker in the pros, um, or the old peso position under Bo. Yeah, I think those were really good comparisons, had, especially Gary. Had, yeah, you had the bigger safeties um, who could come down and run and run run support but we're also kind of coverage guys yep i think yeah i think nate gary is probably the best and and actually i didn't even think of that one i think that's probably the best comparison for what he's going to be in the at the next level being a philadelphia eagles fan i got to watch him for a few years yeah i'm pretty sure he just got hit with another uh another illegal hit penalty well (laughs) well at least this one's not a targeting one so i guess we're good there right all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and tie this one up. Um, you know, real quick, we do have a special uh, Ash Wednesday drop that we're going to be doing this week. So um, just uh, just keep your eyes out for that. Um, other than that, uh, Drake, Fitz, thanks for joining me tonight, boys. And uh, let's call it a night. See you, buddy. Later, guys. Later. Members of the congregation. Let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.